His righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He has provided food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works by giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are truth and justice. All his instructions are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in truth and in uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. His name is holy and awe-inspiring. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his instructions have good insight. His praise endures forever. Amen. Let's continue in worshiping him in the light of his word. We've gathered to lift up Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King. Oh, 
times that we selfishly seek our own pleasures instead of delighting in you. We ask you to cleanse us, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you for our core value of intentional discipleship as we seek to grow ourselves and one another in trusting and following Jesus. May we cherish, value, and honor your word, Lord. May we regularly open our Bibles together and grow in our faith together. Lord, guide us to be disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Move in our hearts in ways that will make us closer to you as we study your word together in family devotions, in D groups, and in life groups. Lord, we pray for your direction for our missionary partner, Carl Porter, and that they will just continue to trust in you, Lord. We pray for your increase in their numbers, for you to replace the two journeymen that have left and provide them with the workers and the support that they need on the ground. Lord, even though they may feel like they're going backwards at the moment, we just pray that uh, they would be encouraged and strengthened and sustained as they continue to trust, rely, and depend upon you for your direction, Lord. May they look to you for energy and zeal and growth according to your will in your perfect time and for your glory. Lord, we pray that you will reveal yourself to those that do not know you according to your gracious will and your eternal glory. We pray for your protection as you sustain those facing trials and adversity. We pray for those healing from surgeries, injuries, illnesses, those battling diseases, those with upcoming tests or doctor's appointments. Just bless them all, Lord, and according to your healing, according to your will. Lord, we pray for the shut-ins, for those in rehab facilities and nursing homes, that they would feel your presence and your peace. We pray for those that are not with us here today. We ask that you protect and provide for their needs and bring them back to serve and worship with us soon. Lord, guide our hearts to have eternal perspectives, to seek your wisdom and your will, living faithfully in the Spirit. In all things, Lord, your will be done for your glory. Our corporate scripture reading is Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, therefore produce, cons consistent, uh, produce fruit consistent with repentance, and don't presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for 
chaff he will burn with the fire that never goes out. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all unrighteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is God's holy word. Amen. And this is the God we worship, who comes down and dwells among us. Would you stand to your feet? And let's uh, pray in thanksgiving and in requesting that Christ's spirit would be in our midst.
Good morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Sean. I'm glad we've come together to worship Christ together. Turn in your device or your copy of God's Word to Genesis chapter 2. If you want to use the pew Bible that's in front of you, we're, we've made it this far, guys. Page 2. If you go to page 2, uh, you will find chapter 2. Uh, for those of you who are new today or visiting today, we are working through the book of Genesis for the year, actually, uh, we are slowly walking through Genesis 1 through uh, 4, I believe, and then we'll kind of pick up a little bit after or closer to Easter, but we really want to start at the beginning and get some foundational truths for our lives. And so uh, today we're going to be looking at a Sabbath designed by God. Uh, after, our, uh, after the sermon piece, you're going to be introduced to Josh Skipper, who is, uh, who is our lead campus missionary at BCM at Northern Kentucky University, and uh, Josh is a good friend of us here. Uh, he and I went to Southeastern together, uh, well, not together, at different times, at different times, and uh, so we have that kindred spirit for Southeastern. Uh, his lovely life, wife, Lindsay, was playing uh, violin earlier, so we were blessed to have her and have her part of our worship team today, and uh, so they have been, become good friends for us since we've moved here, and we're glad to have them today to give us an update on BCM. So uh, they'll be coming later, just wanted to welcome them this morning. So let's welcome Josh uh, and Lindsay this morning. We're thankful for them and their ministry. All right. To our text, the most important thing today, we're going to read just the first three verses. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you, as we come humbly to your word, we know in it is life and good for us, and we know that, it's, that it, is, uh, it cuts to our spirit and soul. So Lord, as we read these verses today, we want and desire to hear from you because God, we want to be more like your son Jesus. And so Lord, today we pray that you would do a work in us through your word and where we will never be the same again we would walk out of the doors today knowing we have met with you and knowing we are more like jesus we ask this in jesus name we pray amen you know it's often in small groups you try to do little opening things to get conversation going and i was part of a group uh, that i said share around your group what do you do in your spare time it give you a list of what do you do, what, you know, who you are, all these things, your family, and what do you do in your spare time? And I was just walking around the room, and the thing that I heard most of all the groups, you know what I heard? What spare time? <laughs> what spare time I had? It reminds me of the, the man who, he was a phot photographer for elementary school, and the, one of the ways to make the kids comfortable was he asked the kid, each kid that would come up, what are you going to do? when you grow up and you know of course every one of them was like a firefighter or a nurse or a teacher he asked one little girl he said what are you going to do when you grow up and she said I'm going to be tired when I grow up 
Will Rogers said, half of our life is spent trying to find something to do with the time we have rushed through life trying to save. The reality is, if we are all honest, we know that we are tired and what we do with our lives tire us out. No wonder the average office worker gets 220 messages, interruptions, and ads, memos, and phone calls in a day. 1,300 for, uh, for managers. And it's said that third of managers have, have health problems but as a consequence for their work. Its increase is actually 43% for senior managers. So what's this answer to our problem? We know that we are tired. We know that we need rest. We know that we need renewal. Well, how do we do these things? How do we restore our body? How do we help our bodies? How do we encourage our soul? Well, the answer lies in the fourth commandment. Using the, the, the version in Deut Deuteronomy, it says, five, uh, chapter 5, verse 12, be careful to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You see, God has given us the Sabbath or the seventh day or a command to rest for our good. And it's only when we restore this in our lives, the day of rest, the day to worship, the day of Sabbath, will our lives always be disordered. Interestingly, when we're reading our text, we've started at verse 1, and we've gone through every day of creation. And here, we land at the beginning of chapter 2 as he introduces day 7, God gives the world, God gives humanity the Sabbath. What does this teach us? Well, the Sabbath is not just for Israel. It's not just for the law. It is for everyone created in the image of God. That humanity did not just receive the Sabbath commandment at some point in human history, but it was at the beginning of the world, before the fall, before we messed it all up. This was God's design for us. And now we celebrate or commemorate the Sabbath, not on the last day of the week, but as Christians, the first day of the week. When what happened? The Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected and the new creation begins. That we set aside a time for us to rest, to worship the Savior, and bring tribute to the one creator, redeemer, and consummation of all things. And given this wonderful dramatic significance, when you read verses 2 through 3, it seems very important that God wanted us to see the seventh day or the Sabbath as important for our lives. In verses 2 and 3 in the Hebrew, it's four lines, and each line has seven words in the Hebrew. And the middle of each one of those lines is the word, the seventh day. In this, God is teaching us that the solitary grandeur of the crown of the six days of creation is not just creation itself, but us connected to God himself on the Sabbath. 
You see, God designed the Sabbath for our good, to free us from our hurried life, to connect us with him, and to point us to a future home. And today, as we look at this passage, there are three reasons we need to reclaim the Sabbath in our own lives in which God designed, designed for us. So if you're taking notes on your bulletin or on your phones or wherever, number one, God designed the Sabbath as an example for humans to rest. God designed the Sabbath as an example for humans to rest. For the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy, and on it he rested from all his work of creation. First, as we we read this, we, we notice that there is again the, the reminder that God completed all of his work in six days and it was over. This is another literary device within the first two chapters of Genesis that again show that God had finished his work in six days. Again, he had completed it. He had completed it. He had completed it, is repeated in these verses. This is again to reminder that evolutionary thought goes against the writings of Scripture. But more importantly, it makes clear that the work that God did was done in six days and that God made a day of rest. Now, interesting, the term for Sabbath is not used in these verses, but actually a root in the Hebrew, Shabbat, is short for Shabbat, which is rest. But here, again and again, we see God rested. God set aside a time for him as he has stopped creating. Now, again, to be clear, God didn't just stop. God didn't stop existing. God didn't keep stop uh, sustaining as a matter of fact, Jesus says that my Father is working until now and I am working. God rested from creating, but works in sustaining his power, governing by his providence, ensuring the propagation of its creatures. In fact, if he stopped working, everything would have dissolved into nothing. However, God said that he had completed his created work. It's repeated in Isaiah 58, 13. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, I will call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not, not going your own way, seeking your own pleasure or talking business, then you will delight in the Lord and I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father's hands for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This text reminds us that reiterates that God created the Sabbath for our good. And God intends for humans made in the image of God to imitate his pattern of six days of work and one day of rest. This is his divine blessing or pattern for us. For our sake, work six days, rest the seventh. This regular weekly cycle of human existence. Now, we see this because in it, God says he will bless us if we do this. You know, this is really hard for us, isn't it? 
in a culture that rewards hard work, doing more, making more money, more opportunity, we know that there is something within us that wants us to overdo, to do more, to take in more. But when we do this, or we fight against the rest, right? But when we do, we know that it comes with consequence. As a matter of fact, many of you remember the Challenger shuttle disaster. Very NASA officials admit that some of what happened was because the crews worked for 20 hours straight before the launch with little, about two hours of sleep, and they would not delay the launch. They know that from that, if they would have delayed, maybe they could have avoided disaster. But friends, we know that when we avoid rest, what happens to us? We can get sick, we can get worn out, we can get burnout, we can get tired, we can miss opportunities from the Lord to serve, to connect with Him, to see what's going on in our family around us. When we are not at rest, we are missing warning signs and things around us, but God gave us a pattern to work six days and rest on a seventh. Why is this? Well, I think it's helpful because it keeps us from falling in the ditch on either side that we're drawn to. The right path is to work hard and rest. But often, in our own temptation and flesh, some of us are more prone to rest more than we should, and some of us in our flesh are, are more prone to work more than we should. And this pattern helps each of us because when we're tempted to overwork and not rest, God is clearing, clearly saying that you must give a day to rest with me. What he's speaking into us is say, your days of six days of work are as good as you need to do and you need to trust the fruit to me. There's a part of this is that is trusting God. It is working within us to say what you can do with the time allotted to you has been given to you and now you trust me. And on the other hand, it goes against those who are tempted to overrest. That those who are falling the other way that says we should just let other people do things or it'll all work itself at the end. Here God is saying no, to subdue and rule over the, the earth, and we'll talk more about this next week, is that you do work and do the skills and the abilities that you've given. And in this, God is giving us a pattern so that we work with the skills and the abilities that God's given, but then at the end, we trust God with the rest. It's the same trust, brother and sister, that we do when we lay down at sleep at night. Right? I mean... I talk about this several times, the, the amount of trust that ultimately that we literally shut ourselves off from the world for eight hours on a good night or whatever sleep pattern that you have, that you don't know what's going on around you, that there's, there, there's, there could be danger lurking, you, your kid could be running around the house free, you could have a spider crawl in your mouth, but you just go to bed and sleep and you don't worry about it. You trust God who is sustaining and working 
in the world. That's a lot of trust. But it's the same amount of trust that God wants us to have in him with our work and what we do. That we will do what we've been called to do and we trust God who is sufficient and providential and advancing all things to his glory and good. We trust him with it. So how is God calling you to rest today? Maybe you need to take account for how you're resting in your week. Or maybe it's how you're resting in general. Are, there, are you the type that stores up so many vacation days that you could possibly never use them and you just keep working and keep working with no rest? Brother or sister, you might need to consider it's time to stop. You need to recharge. You need to spend time for yourself and your body to recharge, to, to connect with God or maybe on a spiritual retreat or spend time with your family who really needs you. Maybe the best, maybe you need to spend time with the Lord. Brother or sister, turn off your work at night or your school at night. Put your phones down for goodness sakes. And I'm saying this to myself. We need to stop being connected and rest. Couples, are you using your time to rest together, to connect together? An old pastor that I actually met at Southeastern told me in our class that couples should dialogue daily, date weekly, and depart the city monthly. Now, you might not be able to afford to do that, but there is a, there is a pattern of resting and connecting together that we need to do. We need to do something to fight against the self-sufficiency that says that we don't need to rest because God has given us wisdom to do otherwise. Brothers and sisters, God gave us the Sabbath to rest. Secondly, God designed the Sabbath as a mandate to worship. Verse 3, he says that God has blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Resting is good for our bodies physically, but God defined this rest as a holy resting to mark the day of cessation of work to rest in Him. So you see, the cessation of work or stopping to work is the secondary great benefit from the Sabbath. What's the ultimate benefit of the Sabbath? to connect to the creator in worship. That is what the Sabbath is given to. The ultimate characteristic is that we are, it is blessed and holy. It is tied to fruitfulness and fullness that we, as God's image bearers, are best when we are connected to our creator. You see, we strikingly, and I even wrongfully, even said last week, let me wrongfully, I could have, said it better is that yes humanity and the image of God is the crown jewel of creation but the ultimate culmination of, of creation is not that we were just created but day seven that we are connected to our creator that we're rested in God that we're worshiping God that we're in communion with God 
Exodus 28 through 11 confirms our findings here when we see that God draws this explicit parallel to the seventh day and us worshiping God. And Exodus 28 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, your son, your daughters, your male or female servant, your livestock, the resident of your house within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth and sea and everything in them in six days. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. God gave, uh, gave Israel this law to protect the seventh as a sign to the world that we will give God a day of our week. And in the same way as those who have trusted in Jesus, we have received both grace and law from God as we understand this covenant connection to the law in God. To this, that we would give to God 52 days a year of our year connecting to him knowing that in doing so that God is our power that God controls our time that God is the one in whom we're dependent therefore we remove ourselves from time and resting in the day that he given, gave to us showing that everything we are belongs to him Friends, the command here for us is that we spend the Sabbath to connect to God. He said in Mark, uh, Jesus reiterated this. Remember there was a time that his disciples were healing people on the Sabbath and the religious leaders were saying you shouldn't do this. And, and Jesus said, wait a second. The Sabbath was given for us to worship God. And he said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us, for our good, that we would be reminded to connect with God and worship him, to connect with him for our soul, for wisdom, for direction, but to give him praise, honor, and all that he's due. Friends, we were made to connect to God. You know, electric cars are trying to be the rage. I know that it's being pushed heavily in many different ways. I know people are buying them to help care for the environment which God has given us to oversee. And maybe in some distant generation, we, that might be viable. We know that some people are getting and some people aren't. But electric cars are made to work and guess what they are made to be connected to electricity over at Meyer, uh, the shopping store uh, I go there a lot not to shop at Meyer, but to go to Chick-fil-a so we go by there a lot and there's a bay of Tesla electric chargers and so there's not a time that we have passed by it and we go often that there's one or four cars those cars are designed to connect electricity to charge up. Brothers and sisters, we are designed to be connected to our Creator. And the Sabbath is our day to make sure 
and our fleshly desire to live on our own that we are connected to him. Brothers and sisters, we were created in his image as image bearers to reflect the God of the universe. And the seventh day is for us to reflect him. Now the reality is we know this is not, you know, this is not a secret. We, there is something happening in Christian culture or Christianity that sees that Sabbath or the day of worship as something le less important. We shared the first Sunday of the month of how only 7% of Boone County attends a worship service on Sunday morning. That means 93% of people feel that there's a, something better to do. Uh, 30 or, or 40 years ago, the way that you would define a regular church attender was by someone who attended church four or more times a week. In the last 20 years, it's those who attend worship three times a week, a month or more. So from four times a week to three times a month, and the current statistic is a regular church attender is defined by someone who attends twice a month. And the largest group growing is those who attend one time a month. Now, the only way, brother and sister, for us to change our thoughts on the Sabbath is to change the way we see the importance of the Sabbath for our soul. If we see that it's important, that God made it important for us, then it should be important in our life. The reality is, I can, am told by Scripture uh, to think better of others. And I believe, actually, that if for most Christians and those who struggle with worship attendance, I believe that if they really understood how little they attend worship, I think they would be aghast. I think they would be shocked and saddened. Like if there was some way that we scanned cards when we came and there was a report and at the end of the year they would get a report say how many times you, you attended worship, I think they would be saddened. And I think they would be, I think we would all be shocked probably. Say, well certainly I went to church more than that or you know, life gets busy, you get sick, a kid gets sick, one Sunday comes to another another and then oh it's been three weeks oh I need to get to church and then some there's a lot of things that this happens but I'm afraid brothers and sisters this trend is not a trend because it came out of any nowhere or the thin air there is something going on in our souls that we are not connecting to God in worship we need to consider what is our frequency to connect to God on the Sabbath saying about our connection to him? Now, some of you, firefighters, police officers, nurses who care for us and, and, and have, have to work and care for, for humanity, this is not laid at your feet. There's those who are watching online who have physical ailments and who cannot get out of your, you cannot get here uh, publicly, but you're trying to do so online. This is not at your feet, but, but the scriptures are pretty clear. If you are able-bodied 
able to go, you should prioritize a Sabbath of connecting to God in worship. There's no other way to interpret this. And brothers and sisters, we need to consider what our frequency is saying about our relationship to God and maybe unintentionally what we're teaching the next generation. Friends, if, you, if your children and grandchildren see your, just, I don't know what your frequency is, but whatever it is, what is your children catching from you? You know the old phrase, more is caught than taught? What is the next generation catching from you to what is most important when it comes to worship? Because what they see in you is what they will maybe repeat or even step away from. So we need to be careful, brothers and sisters, that we need to take this not just for ourselves, but for how we teach our families to prioritize the Sabbath. Brothers and sisters, how are you making this day holy? Yes, there is also the connection to worship. If there's some other way that you can't go to church, there, how are you spending time to connect with God? Maybe even the habits of your Saturday night. Are you using because you can't make it on Sunday? Are you spending another day to connect with God? How are you giving a time and a day to the Lord to worship. Brothers and sisters, God created it for us to connect with him. Let's welcome the invitation to the king to his courtyard to worship. Thirdly and finally, God designed the Sabbath as a foretaste of our future eternal rest in him. God instituted a weekly Sabbath at creation in order for us as human existence to find our rest in him. Now we see that Adam and Eve broke this rest, broke this day, broke our connection to God. And, and, and Adam, instead of continuing that rest, disobeyed God, rejected God, ran and hid from God. And the rest of the Bible is humanity looking to find rest in God again. They try to find that rest in a family they try to find that rest in a nation. They try to find that rest in a king. And they hoped and hoped and even in a promised land of rest. And yet, we, they kept looking. But it only comes when we see Jesus. When God himself came to earth. And what does he say? Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you it is Jesus who makes true rest possible. It is the rest that we find in relationship with Jesus. It is the rest that we find in the new creation. It is the rest that we find in him. This is how the writer of Hebrews saw it. In chapter 4, the text, he lays out this argument of how all of history is looking for the rest. He begins in creation in verse 4, and he sees this restful peace in a sovereign God and restful peace in a place of joy where they can enjoy fellowship. But then he defines that there is a Sabbath rest that we're looking for and is finally possible only through the work of Jesus. 
And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 says, Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will fall in the same pattern of disobedience. What is that that we are resting from? Our own works to save ourselves. And we are resting in the completed, finished work of Jesus. That Jesus came and died on the cross paying the penalty and burden of our sin that wiped our slate clean and three days later rose from the grave showing that, that he has power over death, over sin, over creation and that he has went to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father to make as he, sa as he says I am going to prepare a place for you a place in my Father's house this ultimate promised land of rest is a place to rest in my Father. It is in Jesus that we find ultimate rest. Praise God. For those of us who have trusted in Christ, we have found rest in this world and eternal rest for eternity. Notice here at the beginning of the Hebrews passage it says therefore a Sabbath rest remains for God's people the door is open you might be here today thinking yes uh, there's a Sabbath day for God's people there's rest for them but there's, there's no rest for me I don't have hope there's too much to overcome brother, sister, friend let me see let me invite you. Let me plead for you to open, walk through the open door to rest. Trust in Jesus. God's promises were bought for us by the blood of Jesus. And it's diligent that we gain this not by our works, striving, but by faith in Jesus. So on behalf of God, I call you this morning to put your promise in the rest of God and seek it through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't go another day, another hour, another minute looking for rest in something in this world. Don't look for it hoping that it might come. Look where it can be found and promised forever in Jesus. Brother or sister, rest is here Spirit may be calling you today to answer in faith to trust in Jesus and you will find rest the, August, the great Augustine theologian church father said our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee if you are restless maybe it's because you're putting your rest in something other than him I encourage you to find your rest in Jesus. It, the Sabbath is a day that God has called blessed. And in light of the testimony of this Genesis passage, we see the blessing that it carries for faithfulness and fruitfulness and fullness for us. So those of us who are weary, those of us who are tired, 
those of us who are aching and longing maybe we need to renew how we see the Sabbath and how we find rest be truly fulfilled when you take God's pattern for your life rest take time to rest work yet rest be filled by the day to connect God connect to him you can rest but if you're resting away from God you're missing the point and as you understand this you will see and get a taste of the eternal rest that is to come in Jesus Christ may, uh, may we see the Sabbath as the blessing it is for us Heavenly Father Lord of the Sabbath we ask you to change our hearts, minds, our patterns, our walks, our priorities, our hopes, our desires. We want them to be in you. And God, help us as we see the truths and the promise of this passage that in our rest, in the rest of the Sabbath, we will truly be fulfilled. So those of us who are drawn to overwork, call us to rest, Lord. For those who are called us to, to, over, uh, to overrest, help us to, to work. Uh, those who overwork to rest, help us to find ultimate rest in you. And I pray for the souls here today. Lord, you know who, God, you're stirring to trust in your son. And we give trust to you that you will call them to yourself, the son the one who gives us the first day, the hope of eternity in him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's together sing Psalm 62, My Soul Will Wait. Won't be shaken, my soul will wait. 
convention. I just want to thank you guys for being a cooperative program, Giving Church. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel together with other Kentucky Baptist Convention churches. Uh, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for how you guys give cooperatively. The BCM uh, ministry would not be at NKU's campus. We wouldn't have the ministry center we have as well. If you've never stopped in uh, to see the building, please stop by sometime. Let me know and you're coming and we'll give you a warm welcome and tour and show you around campus. But you own that building. So you've got a ministry center right in the heart of campus uh, that is there because of your cooperative giving. So we're in partnership together, and you may not have known that, but uh, we're so grateful for you as Kentucky Baptist. And I want to share uh, briefly with you about what we do at BCM, the Baptist Campus Ministry. And our vision statement is that we, uh, BCM is about knowing Jesus and making him known to our campus and the world. So how we do that when students come in that are from local churches or believers, that we want to help them know Christ more and to be able to share Christ with confidence on their campus. We want them to understand that, hey, you're not here just to get a degree, to have fun. You're going to do that, but you're here to be on mission for the Lord Jesus in an unreached people group. That's this young generation. You guys know that Gen Z is the most unreached generation that there's ever been in America, and we need the gospel to be shared on our campus. And we've got a vision to see uh, the nation's reach. We've got people from around the world at NKU and at all of our campuses in Kentucky that have never had a chance to hear the gospel before. I think last time I was here, I think I shared about 
uh, some of the Saudi Arabian students that used to be there. Now we have Nepali students, a large Nepali population that are all Buddhist, uh, sorry, Hindu. They're all Hindu, and when they've come, they've never heard the gospel, but we get to share it with them. It's an amazing opportunity. And if you've got more questions about BCM, just ask Steve and Elizabeth over there, the Kinmans, and they'll tell you all about uh, BCM, and they met at NKU BCM, in that right? So uh, they were part of BCM when they were students. So, but some quick uh, numbers and a, uh, a story. Uh, this, this summer, uh, part of how we're equipping uh, students to go to the nations, we're sending 15 students to work with International Mission Board missionaries uh, this summer. We've got three that we've been able to send to work with IMB long-term as journeymen for two years, just within the last uh, two years, we've got three journeymen that we've sent, one who's in training right now and will be uh, heading out very soon. So we're getting to impact the nations on our campus and impact the nations by sending students out and giving them a taste of what God's heart for the nations is and that they can be a part of that. And uh, this last semester, we've shared the gospel over 200 times with students on our campus again, international students, American students, and you'd be blown away these days. And some of you know this is to be true already, but a lot of American students that grew up right here in northern Kentucky in your own backyard have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus before. Not students that have come here from another country and that live here now. We, we do have a lot of international population in the area now. It's not those students I'm talking about. It's just born and raised right here in America, never heard the gospel, never been to church. So... Uh, but we've gotten to share the gospel yeah, two, over 200 times last semester alone. And for last year and last semester, we've seen 10 uh, prayers to receive uh, salvation through Christ alone. One of those students I got to uh, share with last semester, thank you. One of those students uh, from Cincinnati area named Matthew that I got to lead to the Lord last semester. We, he'd been coming a little bit, and I said, hey, can we get together? and talk more about uh, just where you're at in your faith. I want to make sure that you know the Lord. And we got to sit down and uh, share the three circles with him. Have y'all done three circles training, Sean? I thought y'all had. So I sat down and did three circles with him and asked him after that, where are you at? And that's the great thing. If you share three circles, ask him, where, where would you say you're at in this, this picture of the gospel right here? And he was still not quite believing. He knew knew the gospel some, but just seeing it drawn out that day helped him to understand the gospel in a way he never had before. And right there, in the right by the student union on campus, we're able to lead Matthew to the Lord. And he's growing, he's, he's coming to BCM, he's being discipled. Uh, a guy we led to, uh, that came to the Lord just a year ago in our ministry when we were doing gospel surveys on campus, he's now discipling this young man, Matthew. So that's part of our work is we want to get the gospel to students, disciple them, that they can make disciples, not just now, but for the rest of their lives. They're making disciples in the church, they're making disciples in the workplace, and they're being sent out to the nations. And uh, I was just thinking about what Sean was saying today about rest and how we seek rest and peace in so many ways. And you guys know this with students. This is the most anxious and depressed generation and confused generation that we've ever had. And confused on so many things about their futures, about their, their own sexuality and gender, uh, confused on, on life and the womb. You know, it's so many things that they're just so lost, guys. Y'all know this, but we get to see it firsthand every day that the lostness 
is so sad, and they're looking for peace in so many different things that will never bring peace. I think about scripture that says uh, that you go to a broken well that doesn't hold water, and I see students doing this every day, but there's so much hope. I feel, uh, and you guys knew about the Asbury Revival uh, last semester, or last year, and that the Lord's at work. We're seeing students saved. We're seeing students grow in the faith. We're seeing students waking up and realizing, wait, what have I been chasing? I thought this was going to make me happy. And we're seeing the more you do that, it's not going to bring happiness. Only, the only peace that we will find is in Christ alone. And students are waking up and realizing that. Pray for us. Please pray for these students that they would come and say, can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me about the peace and hope that is found in him? And I wanted to ask as well, Sean gave me permission to ask that you guys would be praying for us. We need prayer support. We also need financial support to continue to what, uh, what we're doing. Uh, and that goes to our staff that raise their own support. And that goes to helping international students go on trips with us where they're going to hear the gospel. Our spring break trip is a discipleship weekend where we explain the gospel through stories of scripture to students like the Nepali students who came with us last year and American students that don't know the Lord. Uh, and sending our students out on these IMB mission trips. All these things that we do, uh, we couldn't do without uh, the support from our local churches and from people who, who love what we do. So prayerfully consider if you would be willing to give to BCM, that would be such a help to us in continuing the mission of reaching students right here in northern Kentucky. One last quick story. There was a, a young man that I got to meet last semester and uh, during one of our gospel survey events. I saw him sitting by himself as we were doing these gospel surveys. He had pink hair, which usually means you're in the LGBTQ community. And I, I felt the Lord pushing me and said, go talk to that young man. And I said, oh, okay, all right, Lord, I don't really want to, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient here. And I went up to him, and he had his pronouns on his, uh, on his shirt and a button, and he had a trans ally button. I said, okay, Lord, here we go. Help me. And so I sat down with him. And we, uh, he was so open, and we talked for two hours about the things of the Lord. We talked about sin, we talked about that he was a sinner, we talked about that Christ was Savior, and after that, he wasn't ready to be saved that day, but he wanted to know more, and we've studied the Gospel of John together the rest of last semester, and we're still working, so we're still praying for this young man that he would be saved, but that just shows you that the Lord's at work, even in the people we think, man, they can't be reached, they're so far away, no one's too far away that the Lord Jesus' arm can't reach them and bring him close to himself and bring them near. And that, he was open, and I want to share this as an encouragement to you. As I, I got to talk more with him, he was open because his uncle, who lives in Hebron somewhere, and maybe he's in this, maybe he's here in Hebron Baptist, I don't know. If you have a pink-haired uh, nephew, uh, then come talk to me after. But he said, well, I would have considered myself atheist just a few months ago, but now I think I'll be agnostic. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, my uncle, he became a Christian, and he shared the gospel with me. He didn't say gospel. He just said, we sat down at a, a family gathering one day, and he shared the gospel. Oh, I'm saying that. Uh, he talked with me about faith in Christianity for hours, and I said, well, I'd, I'd be more interested in that. So some, someone loved their family member enough share the gospel with him and that opened the doors he wasn't saved by that conversation but the Lord's worked on him so be obedient y'all to care about those that are in your life especially you know, grandparents y'all have got incredible influence don't miss out on the chance to share the gospel 
with your young folks, your nieces, nephews, your grandchildren, and they will listen. You may think they won't, but they will listen. They know you care about them, and they see something different in you. They see peace in you, like we talked about today, because it comes from the Lord Jesus. Thank you all so much. Hebron Baptist, you all are a blessing. I love what you all do. I love your staff. You've got incredible pastors here. Uh, you got guys like Alan Green. you got even Kyle over here. Where's Kyle over here? So many amazing, uh, wonderful believers in this church, I know. Uh, and uh, let me just pray for you all real quick, Hebron Baptist. Lord God, thank you for Hebron. Thank you for a church that loves you, that loves your scripture, and that loves missions, that loves the nations. Bless this church, Lord Jesus. Bless them and give them an abundance and, and peace in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My one, yep. So we don't just invite anybody here. Um, now, we could invite Josh because he's good looking. Uh, we could invite, we definitely would invite him to bring his wife back. Yeah. So we would do that. But the reason we bring Josh is because we love Josh's ministry and heart for BCM campus. There's a lot of campus ministries. I would not recommend my son or any of your sons and daughters to go to, but I would wholeheartedly recommend to go to BCM NKU because Josh sees the church as a primary discipler and important in a Christian's life. He's always pointing kids to the church, and that does not happen in every campus ministry, unfortunately. But he has a heart to see lost people saved. And students in his ministry, that's what they're taught to do. And as you can see, and that amazing spring break that they, they instead of going to Beach Reach to find lost people, they decided to bring lost people from campus to the beach with them and to share the gospel all week with them. That is just ingenious and what a wonderful gospel ministry so thankful for Josh. Lindsay, can you come up here real quick? Real quick, I, I want to pray for them uh, and for their ministry. They prayed for us, so let me just pray uh, for Josh and Lindsay and the BCM real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, Josh and Lindsay and their ministry to students. They give their lives and their family to it. Uh, and we just pray special blessing on their family. Keep them from the evil one. Uh, continue to push their hearts towards Jesus in the home and the way that they disciple others. We pray for a blessing on this couple, but specifically the BCM ministry and the students there. Heavenly Father, we ask as we, uh, we uh, have a blessing for them to see more lives reached, more disciples made, more people uh, uh, sent out to the world to tell others about Jesus. We're thankful for them. We're thankful for BCM. We're thankful for the Kentucky Baptist Convention and for churches that work together like this. We're thankful for your son, Jesus, who makes it possible. And in his name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. We love you guys. A couple quick things, real quick. Um, uh, guests, again, we uh, welcome you. If you've not, there's a QR code on the pew in front of you if you want to use that to use the Connect card. Please fill that out quickly 
And then if it's your first time with us today, go to the Next Steps desk because we have a gift waiting for you. And so please fill that out. If you don't want to do the electronic version, they have a paper copy there. We hope that you would go and uh, find your next step, whether it's a life group or whether it's a D group, we want to get you connected. Uh, in just a few weeks, a couple weeks from now, we're going to be having a missions lunch fundraiser. We hope you will support, bring others from the community to come and eat with us here at Hebron Baptist Church and donate some money towards supporting our mission teams. Uh, it's February 11th. We have two teams. We, well, yeah, we, well, actually three. We have Argentina, London, and Salt Lake City. And so these missions fundraisers will help support them. Uh, just uh, in a week or so, we'll be having family skate night. So this is open really to everybody in the church, but specifically for families. Details to come. You can see Christy Reed about that. We do want you to make sure that you mark on your calendar the Bible conference that we're hosting and having March 3rd from 4 to 6 p.m., it's guiding our kids and grandkids in an upside-down world of gender and sexuality. This is just another discipleship opportunity as we're dealing with some of these topics in Genesis. This is something that is in the news, uh, in our lives, and so we want to help equip you in a loving, biblical way on this issue of gender. And so we hope that you will come and make proper bring others along with you and real quick guys if y'all could just sit down for just a second y'all collectors real quick i'm going to invite liam up come on buddy we have something exciting to share today liam come on over here buddy liam is coming forward to tr he's trusted in christ and wants to be baptized isn't that exciting <laughs> And if you're as excited as I am, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Leah, we're excited. I'm with huh? Liam. Uh, we're excited. We know that Mark and Wendy were so thankful. They're praising the Lord. We join them in praising the Lord. And I know that we're, we'll be planning here just a few weeks to baptize him. So let's pray for him as he begins his life uh, as a follower of Jesus. And at the end, after we're done singing one more song, if you'd come back up and they can come and celebrate with you. Okay? All right. Go back and sit with your mom. Thank you. Now, let's give and worship through offering. Let me pray for that. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. Our Parts of our money that go through the cooperative program and our giving today go to support ministries just like BCM all here in Kentucky and around the world. We're thankful for the journeyman programs of people and young people that are going throughout the world for, with the gospel. We pray, Lord, that as we give today, we be cheerful givers. You would bless it and multiply it so that more can be given for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come set to rule and reign in our hearts again. Okay. 
Go. Go.